Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local the sports local leader. Sports leader. Burns and Gambo, the four o'clock reset. Four o'clock reset. Halfway home on this Wednesday afternoon, so we turn things over to Mitch, where he's got all the top stories of the day for the four o'clock reset. Mitch, what is going on in the world? Happy report card day. Two A's and three B's. Very good. I wish that's what the uh, Cardinals NFLPA report card was that's for this That's dreaming for the Cardinals report card, yeah. Now, if we're looking for positives from this, they ranked 27th out of the 32 teams. On paper, that's like, ugh, okay. But it is a noticeable improvement from them being 31st in the first edition of this a year ago. And then everybody's pointing to the fact they got an A- minus when it came to head coach Jonathan Gannon and his role with the players. That's the positive. That's great. Yeah, that's the positive spin. Yeah. And and I'm not saying you're spinning it. I'm saying that, that if you're looking for the positive thing to look at, yes. It, there's, there's no doubt, Gambo, that 27 still isn't great. That's obvious. But what's very clear is if you dig a little deeper beyond the grades, it's very obvious the Arizona Cardinals took some of what was said about them a year ago and worked to fix it. Now what you hope is they take some of what was said about them this year and they continue to work to fix it so that, you know, this time a year from now, if the Cardinals finish 19th out of 32 teams, it's just not that big of a deal, right? Like yeah. it's, it's it, And that's the goal if you're the Cardinals. It's yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, give them credit for, for for improving some things. But again, I mean, their overall grade gets a big benefit from the coach getting an A- minus and the training staff getting a B. The thing I, you know, the co- the ownership is an F. Um, the treatment of families is a D plus. The food in the cafeteria is a D. The food in the cafeteria, like that should be so fixable. Like, hey, listen, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Nobody thinks that the food here is very good. Fire whoever's doing, bringing the food in and get a different service to provide better, more nutritious food or go to the people that are doing it for you and say, things have to improve. If we come back with a D next year, you're gone. Like, you got to just, that should be an easy fix right there to make sure that the food in the cafeteria is is better for the players that are playing for your team. Among the improvements that were made after last year's report, they stopped charging for meals, they changed the floor in the weight room, they added new weight room equipment, they created a small family room and started providing daycare for families at games. Those are all good steps. We'll see what they do next year. There is some word from J.C. Treader that the Cardinals are redoing their locker room this year. Hopefully we get more information about that in the coming days, if not weeks. Mitch? Let's switch to hoops. Suns will be back in action tomorrow. Looking at the latest injury report, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon, both of them are questionable. Beal, a hamstring injury. Gordon, a groin injury. Also, Yusuf Nurkic dealing with a sore ankle, but Frank Vogel thinks that he'll be good to go tomorrow against the Rockets. Getting Beal back would be essential. Yeah. The, the giant stretch run gauntlet is coming. Two games against the Rockets. They retire Amari Stoudemire to the Ring of Honor on Saturday in the second night of the, the two games against the Rockets. And then Gambo, here it comes. Oklahoma City on Sunday, Sunday, Denver on Tuesday. The brutal part of the Sun schedule is right around the corner. Getting Bradley Beal back and healthy would be essential for success. We talk a lot about Denver and the Clippers. Uh, the Oklahoma City game, you know, is a really big one for me because Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, I mean, that lineup 
is really, really good. They score a lot of points, and their defense actually isn't that bad either. So that's a that's a big one to me. I really want to see how they play against Oklahoma City. You guess Fall Out Boy fans? Not really. Do you at least remember when Jimmy Butler had his media day showing where he went The emo hair? Yeah. 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 So I bring up Fall Out Boy and Jimmy Butler because they just released, Fall Out Boy did, their music video for the song So Much for Stardust. And Jimmy Butler has a featured appearance with that same emo hair piercings look as Heat Wentz. Oh, that was his name playing in the video. Of, playing off of Pete Wentz. I got for those you. of you Pete that are Fallout Boy. And, and didn't, and I didn't, like the the last of the real ones song. Dun, 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 I like I know that. You guys want to? You guys want to spin some tunes later? The last of the real ones. Spin That's a good tune. Oh, look at look at look at Gambo bringing out Fallout Boy. Bro. We got to oh, see I, I if like his tip song. jar will get any money today. <laughs> That's right. Who's got a tip jar? No, no we, one does. No, no one does. No, 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 no. We 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 had a joke on the day that you were gone watching Q play that we we should create like an online tip jar for Lauren so that anytime she plays a song that we like, we could just leave her a little tip. You know, like like oh, like we would for a yeah. piano player at a bar or something, you yeah. know, or, or a band at a bar somewhere. She's got a little tip jar. So oh, I love going to see like uh, when I go to the Olive Mill in Queen Creek, they always have live music playing. I'm always that first guy up. Here's 10 bucks. Play these two songs for me, please. <laughs> Just please. Here's 10 bucks. America's sister golden play hair. Play sister golden hair for me. <laughs> Horse with no name. Horse, play, yeah, play, play Peter, Paul and Mary. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always making the recommendations. Let's check in on some Cactus League action. It actually just went final in Goodyear. Diamondbacks with a win. 8-6. 3-3 in spring play. Yay. Uh, How about uh, notables from today? Brandon fought his first Cactus outing. An inning, two hits, two runs on a walk. But Tommy Henry in relief. Three innings of hitless, scoreless pitching with a walk and a K. So the young arm's still proven well. Yeah. Uh, the three guys competing for that fifth starter spot. Uh, this was Tommy Henry's kind of second go-around. Now, uh, He's he set the bar, and he's basically saying to Ryan Nelson and to a smaller extent, Slade Sacconi, come get me. And so far, Tommy Henry has he's he's been the lead pony on this one. He's been out in front, and another good performance today out of Tommy uh, is a good sign for him to claim that spot. There were some games last year. I remember one against the Mets specifically where he was just great, just absolutely dynamite against the Mets. I think there was a, a, another one against Colorado where he was just blank them. Like, there was some really good... I, I thought he had a very good season. I like him a lot. I think he's a guy that can give you six to seven innings on a regular basis. He's got good command. He's got good stuff. Uh, but if you go if you go back and look, like, he had some really, really great outings for them last season. Another thing we're keeping an eye on on camp, and that was it was actually a story that was on Arizona Sports. Jordan Lawler taking ground ball reps at second base. He's quoted as saying, I think it's just practicing the right reps, the right fundamentals. I've never really had an infield coach, so it's nice to have some different keys and tips that we've been able to work on over the last couple of years, close quote. We'll talk more about this a little later on in the show. I'll tell you when this really gets interesting for me, Gambo, is if he ever plays in second base in a game. It is even if it cactus league game. Yeah. That's when this story goes from a curiosity to a what is going on with Jordan Lawler and why is he playing at second base? You know, that 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 to me is the line where it really starts to get interesting. Yeah, I, I think he's got to play in the minors because, like, you're not going to have Jordan Lawler up on this team if he's not going to get 400-plus at-bats. Like, you're just not going to do that. So, 
Um, I expect that he starts in the minors and stays in the minors unless there's an injury um, or somebody's not playing very well, but they're not going to bring him up unless he's going to play. Yeah. Only took him one game and in his second at-bat as a Dodger. Swung out, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone! Shohei Hotani and his cavalcade of fans enjoying him in Dodger Blue yesterday. I didn't see the results. Didn't Yamamoto pitch today as Two well? innings, a hit, three strikeouts. Yeah. And he, he had no problem getting Marcus Semien out. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Even and he was like, yeah, this is no big deal, guys. This is, you know, I, 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 I could do a lot better than what he did. The Dodgers are... The Dodgers are going to be a thing, Gambo. They're going to be a thing to watch all year long. It's still the biggest offseason surprise to me is that the Dodgers got Yamamoto. That one, really? Yeah, I think more more than anything. Like, I did not think that they would go get Otani and then go get him. And then go get Yamamoto. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then you were gone earlier this week, but on Monday we talked about Nick Ahmed signing a minor league deal with the Giants. And I'm curious, Gambo, if you had any thoughts on the long tenure Dabak joining a different team in the West. Look, Nick can help somebody as a utility role player. Good defensive play. Still a great defensive player. Um, he just can't hit like that's and that was a problem for him like throughout his career is like you'd be happy if you know he could hit 250 for you but he is a terrific defensive shortstop he's on a minor league contract he's got the spring training invite he's actually only 33 years old right you feel like he must be 38 yeah but he's not but he's a two-time gold glove winner the Diamondbacks obviously designated him for assignment which was very sad to a lot of people like he didn't get to be a part of you know the Diamondbacks having a great season when you Batting 212, you know, they just didn't have any room for him. And then we'll close with this Coyotes. The only thing I hope they're buying at the trade deadline is land because they're at 13 straight losses after <laughs> dropping 4 2 in Montreal yesterday. That was good. I like that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Wait, they, is this, are they going to buy this land ever? I don't know. I don't know, but they're not going to buy at the trade deadline. We know that for sure. They're, yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. Javier Gutierrez was on with Newsmakers a week ago, and he's like, we're. we're we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. I don't want to Let's paraphrase. Done. Let's get this done. If you yeah. got to get it done, get it done. But the team itself, the struggles are 13. Having straight. no Keller yesterday wasn't that great Yeah, either. no, it didn't help. And that's didn't. your 4 o'clock reset. All right, thanks, Mitch. We appreciate that. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, one national website said there were six. Six NBA teams that can win it all. Did the Phoenix Suns make the cut? Stay tuned with us to find out next on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's your old pal Jarrett, otherwise known as Handsome Jay. The Suns finally return to the court tomorrow night. And will Bradley Beal, Bradley Heal, enough to play? We'll talk about it tomorrow on Bickley Murata Mornings at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Okay, good vibes ends this week. Nothing but good vibes. Can't carry that on forever. (laughs) I mean, I don't necessarily love what just happened there. It's we're really we're really really subscribing to Gambo's good vibes theory here on the Bernstein Gambo show after he called me out yesterday for being the bad cop and and ask having the audacity to ask Gino Suarez about his strikeouts. Oh, so, stop. We were always going to ask him about his strikeouts. I'm sorry. Yes, what response. point in the interview? <laughs> I know. I know. But but to hear that Jared Carlin look ahead for tomorrow's show just 
just got to keep reminding myself, good vibes. Good vibes here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're not going to say anything bad about Jared at all because we're all good vibes here, Gambo. Good vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of good vibes, these, these this is good vibes for Phoenix Suns fans. I'll give you the good news and I'll give you the bad news. All right. The good news just came down about 13 minutes ago on the Athletic website. I assume most Suns fans would think this is good news. In USA Basketball's recent discussions with stakeholders, Boston Celtics star guard, Olympic gold media medalist, and NBA champion Drew Holiday, and Phoenix Suns all-NBA guard and Olympic gold gold winner Devin Booker are mentioned along with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum as the expected core of the U.S. Olympic basketball team next year, barring injury, multiple NBA sources told The Athletic. There was... Yeah, they're, they're saying if all, you know, they mentioned Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, um, they mentioned a bunch of players, right? Uh, Durant, LeBron, Steph, Embiid, Tatum, and he said if all nine of these players make it there would be only three players left to pick you know on the roster but this is kevin durant devin booker team usa heading to paris for the games yeah it would uh, it, it, it's hard as a suns fan i get it it's extra work it's extra mileage it's extra you know taxing on the physical bodies and all of that stuff there is a part of me that thinks it's so cool that you were talking about the core of Team USA and two members of the Phoenix Suns are considered the core of Team USA. I mean, that's 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 kind of badass. You know, that, that's that's pretty cool yeah. that that's something that the Suns can hang their hat on. Um, that's the good news. Uh, that Those are the good vibes, if you will. The bad news is that one national website today, and I think it was CBS or was it Fox? I have to go back and look at your email to be sure. Listed the six teams that they thought could win an NBA championship this year, and the Phoenix Suns were not among those who were listed. They are not getting that love right now. Do they deserve no. it? Was it a mistake? No. Is it wrong? It, 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 was, uh, it was an SB Nation story, and it said six teams who can win the finals. And so I go through it. Okay, number six, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Why they can win size and defense, why they'll fall short, crunch time scoring. Okay. Five, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, why they can win, Giannis, why they'll fall, fall short, their defense and their depth. Clippers, a four, why they can win, ISO scoring, why they'll fall short, injuries, rim pressure, lack of, elite, uh, lack of an elite big. Okay, they're four. Three was Oklahoma City. Why they could win, space floor spacing, why they'll fall short, rebounding. Celtics were two. They're having a great season, and they were two. Um, it says why they can win the most complete lineup in basketball, and their weakness, lack of rim pressure, front court injuries, top end talent. And then number one was the Denver Nuggets, Nuggets who, you know, Jokic is the reason why, but why they'd fall short is three-point shooting and Jamal Murray's injuries. Those were the six they listed. They did not mention the Phoenix Suns in this in this group at all. I was a little surprised at that. Um, is there anybody else in the top six that if you say, okay, Denver, Boston, Oklahoma City, Clippers, Bucks, T-Wolves, anybody else missing? Um, that I would say could win a championship that they're missing? I don't... I, I need to see a whole lot more from the Cleveland Cavaliers before I'm going to go buy in that. Um, Oklahoma City, no. Nuggets, no. They're, I mean, they're not... Missing the Pelicans, they're not missing the Mavs or the Kings or anything like that. No, I, I that's it. I think they mostly got it right. Now, maybe call me a homer if you want. 
I would swap out the Minnesota Timberwolves for the Suns. If I were giving you my list of six, I would have the Suns on it, not the Timberwolves. I, I am just not, I am not a big grand believer in Minnesota until I see them win a round or two or three in the playoffs to know that that's going to work. They're, they're terrific and they're beating the hell out of teams and, and they, and they, they got one of the bright young stars and, and they're playing great. I just think there are certain teams kind of like, you know how in the NCAA tournament, Gambo, there are just certain teams that have this reputation of being teams that aren't going to last very long and aren't going to go very far. And, and we're always surprised when they get bounced early in the tournament. Some people are joking right now that that's Arizona Wildcat basketball, but I'm not trying to go there. There are just tournament teams that are hard to trust. I think the same applies to NBA teams in the postseason. I find the Minnesota Timberwolves hard to trust. I find them very hard to trust in until the they prove otherwise. Until they prove otherwise. So until they prove so, otherwise. So if you were to say to me, "Give me six teams that you think can win an NBA championship," and I got to pick six, I'm putting the Suns in ahead of, uh, of Minnesota. Me too. And they're my sixth. You know. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, I, I, I am, I understand why people could be down on the Suns because of you know the, the lack of health and they haven't beat a lot of good basketball teams and they're winning their, their record against teams with a winning record and you know some of the losses have been just brutal, right? We've talked about them: the Houston loss, the Portland loss. The, they've had a bunch of those. Um, but I, 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 God, I still kind of look at that roster. I'm like, you, we just talked about two guys are going to be on the Olympic team. Yeah. For goodness sake. Right, right. You know, Bradley Beal's been one of the best scorers. Nurkic is having a great season. Grayson Allen's leading the league in three-point shooting. Eric Gordon's a great bench player. Royce O'Neal. Like, I still look at this roster. I'm like, I don't I, I don't know how they don't go far in the playoffs. No, I, I, I feel the same way. I do. I, I I think starting on Sunday, we'll really start to find out what this team is all about. Not that we don't have some clue, but I think we're really going to start to do a deep dive into just how prepared the Phoenix Suns are to make a run in the postseason. Because I, I, I mentioned this before, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go even a little deeper. Gambo, they've got Houston tomorrow. They've got Houston on Saturday. The next one, two, three, four, five, six games go like this after they go back-to-back against Houston. Home against Oklahoma City at Denver. Home against Toronto. But then home against Boston at Cleveland at Boston. Those are their next six six games. Those are the next six games after the two Houston games. So Oklahoma City, Denver, Toronto, Boston twice and Cleveland. That's their do they next have, six games. Do they have to do better than three and three to get people to believe that four and two? Does four and two get people to be like, okay, I think all right, if, four and two against that schedule? If they go four and two against those six games, I, I think people will start to say, yeah, they're one of the six teams that can win a championship. I, I do. I, I think, I think proving themselves against top notch competition like that, and I would assume that would include a win against one of those two games against Boston. Maybe not necessarily, but but I, I would hope they would beat Boston once in that. Yeah, I would think four and two, and yeah, they're going to get and, some attention. Two and four? Oof. Yep. Two and four? Two and four, and they're not going to make lists like this. Two no, and four. Two and four, and I think people will be like, okay, enough's enough. We've seen them against the best competition. They're not good enough. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's still more after that. There's a game against Milwaukee, but that's that's a big – when we talk about the tough month of March, that's a big bulk of it right there in those six games. And how they do in those six games will go a long way in deciding whether they belong on lists like the ones that we were talking about. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, okay, so there's the draft, which everyone's getting right. 
ready for in Indianapolis right now. And then there's free agency. And if the Cardinals are looking for help at cornerback and they're willing to spend some dough, maybe there's a trade. Maybe there's a player out there they can go get. Maybe they'll make a list for teams that could get this player. We'll tell you who it is and if the Cardinals could be interested next on the Burns and Gambo Show. ASU men's basketball hosts arch rival Arizona tonight in Tempe. Pre-game coverage begins at 7.30 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. By the way, as a parting gift to all of us, can the Pac-12 please just give out a free night's access to their Pac-12 network for just one night, asking for a friend. Just as a parting gift, just as a, just say, hey, we're going away. Here you go. Here's a code. Is the game tonight on the Pac-12 network? It is. It is. So I'll have to, oh, I'll have to. Unfortunately, my, my daughter's ex-boyfriend didn't leave himself logged into his Pac-12 network account the last time he was at the house, like he did with his Peacock account. So Damn I'll have him. I'll have Damn to him. finagle it to figure out a way to watch that game. I think the Pac-12, they just, look, look, you're going away. Just just give us a, give us a freebie. That's the number one thing people are excited about with the Pac-12 network, that the Pac-12, the Pac-12 dismantling is that the Pac-12 network's going Amen. away. Amen. Amen. Like, yeah. Because, like, if you have Cox, you got the Pac-12 network. But if you had, like, DirecTV, you didn't, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's. And and I, I don't want to, look, there are people in our industry who lost their jobs because of the Pac-12. So I don't want to, uh, I don't want to revel in people at the Pac-12 network losing their jobs. I, I don't want to be about that. Uh, I just know that as a fan, I would really like to go home after tonight's show, maybe have a cocktail and watch ASU U of A. And, and, and mm-hmm. the Pac-12 network is for a Hope network. issue. Plays a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Better than USU fans. 45 points than they played the last time. Yeah, it's just... So let's see. We'll see what happens uh, on on that one. But something tells me there's not going to be any freebies given out by the Pac-12 Network for tonight's ASU U of A game. So we'll just have to figure out a way. Life will find a way. Um, In the meantime, with the scouting combine going on this week in Indianapolis, you're going to hear a lot of, you know, mock drafts. And this guy tested well. And that guy did well. And the Cardinals met with this guy and that guy. But to be honest with you, free agency is really knocking on the door of our attention right now. Because here in just a couple of weeks, the Cardinals are going to be among the teams that have the most cap space. Now, some of it gets chewed up with you know rookies and things like that. But one name that's out there, not in free agency, but a name that is out there that has captured the attention of a lot of Cardinals fans, and that is cornerback Legereus Sneed of the Kansas City Chiefs. According to Ian Rappaport today, the Chiefs have granted cornerback Legereus Sneed permission to seek a trade. The Chiefs could elect to use their franchise tag on Sneed ahead of next Tuesday's deadline and then trade him after that. But they have given him permission to look for a deal, Gambo. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. He is going to be expensive. Expensive. I don't know what the Cardinals would have to give up in terms of draft compensation, but for a team that's got a clear need, some people out there are connecting the dots between Legereus Sneed and the Arizona Cardinals to see if there's a if there's a love connection. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs, they're, they're really good at this, right? They're really good at saying, okay, I'm not going to overpay for a guy. I'm, you know, I mean they just they Tyree Hill, see Tyree Hill, right? Like they released Marquez Valdez Scantling today. The Chiefs did. 
So, like, this is a team, like, yeah, like, you look at, at Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? three years, $30 million, and um, he, his, his numbers kind of dipped, and they just decided that it was uh, time time to move on. Um, so they released him. Now, Snead is a great player, and if you're one player away, like, I'm all for it. But the Chiefs are all about, like, okay, we, you know, They've got so much money tied into Patrick Mahomes, but they, they try not to tie – like, you look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That was $12 million in salary cap space they just saved. Like, they're big on trying to make sure that they don't overpay for guys. Sneed's different to me, though, because he's just such a great player. You would think that they would try to keep him. but uh, And because their defense with Spag- Spagnuolo's defense was probably the reason why they won the Super Bowl this yeah, year. Yeah, it was. It, and, and, and he was – Legere Sneed was, was – so very good and if you look at some of the some of the numbers and not even like the real deep analytic numbers just the numbers he was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL he was usually put on the other team's number one wide receiver he usually did a very good job when he was put on the other team's number one wide receiver um, I, I what makes this tricky is what you just I think what you just said a second ago and that's the the Cardinals are not a top cornerback away from being an elite team in the NFL, but they need a top corner really, really, really badly. And, and as they're going into this draft, there's also kind of this understanding that the draft is super deep at wide receiver, which is great for the Cardinals. The draft is super deep in offensive linemen, which is great for the Cardinals. This does not seem to be a draft that's super deep in corner, and that's not good for the Cardinals because they, they need one to kind of build around. I still think they should draft one at some point and see if they can develop him in the third or fourth round or whatever, but as far as a true number one guy, it's just the, the question becomes, how much of their available cap space does he chew up? And Kansas City's not just going to give him up. They're, they're going to want, you know, they're expected to put a franchise tag on him. You would have to give up, if not one of your first round picks to get him, maybe your second round pick to get Legereus Need in order to do like a tag and trade kind of scenario. Right. I just don't. And, and, that, and it, it's a high, high price tag, right? Huge price tag. Yeah. Yeah. And and the price tag what you're paying him and then you know what you'd have to give up to get him. So they placed a franchise tag on him. That's a little more than $19 million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they're definitely prioritizing Chris Jones, I would think, as the guy that they want to keep more than anybody else. I don't know if they feel like they just go get a corner. Um but like yeah, they basically told him that if they can't get a deal done, then they'll trade him. Um, so I just I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I just think that price tag would be extremely high for anybody. I wouldn't want to give up. If I was a player away, a shutdown corner away makes sense. But to me, all of these big name guys, Burns, Higgins, Sneed, I'm not one player away. I'm not going to give up a lot to go get one of these guys. Yeah, it's it, – and. Boy, I can see both sides of this. I really can't. I tend to think that the Cardinals' approach this offseason needs to be more about spreading out the wealth. It needs to be more about finding four or five Kaiser Whites than it is about finding one Legereus Sneed. Because if you go out and give Legereus Sneed this money, the Cardinals, they can afford it. They, they, they've got the money. They've got the salary cap space. They could they could do a big splash like this. But it just leaves them with so little wiggle room for everything else. I, I think the best approach for them is to try 
try to spread it out, you know, to have maybe a couple of medium signings and then a couple of smaller signings to try to address multiple different needs and things like that. I, I just have a hard time believing that when free agency starts that the Cardinals are going to be in on any of the big name, big money guys, either through free agency or guys like you mentioned, guys who could be tagged and traded like Brian Burns or T. Higgins or Legereus Sneed. I just I, I, I don't know. We've never seen Monty Austin for the general manager in and how he acts in a free agent market when he's flush with cash, right? Because last year he really wasn't. He didn't have a ton. I mean, he had some money, but he didn't have a ton of money. And he was obviously not interested in signing Zach Allen or or Byron Murphy because he knew he didn't he didn't need those guys. I, I think the approach will be the same this year. I think he'll be looking for not necessarily bargains. I think he's looking for quantity, not quality in this free yeah. agent market. You know? Right. Although you could try to hit a little bit of both, right? I mean, like you did with White, Kaiser White last year. You could hit, like, that was quality. Like, that was a quality sure, player. Of course, of course. So I think they're out there. I think you're just going to look for the bargain quality guys, you know, not the not the high expensive guys. That's what I, I that's what I would expect. Well, yeah, and, and, and I'm not trying to say Kaiser White wasn't a quality guy. I, I think you, in a perfect world, you sign four or five guys that you think are like Kaiser White as opposed to throwing it all into one right. bucket and one totally. player. But I tell you, Legereus Sneed would answer a lot of questions for the Cardinals defensively. A lot. A lot. I mean, to have, have that there. one shutdown corner, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since they've had that guy. You know, because Patrick Peterson's last couple of years, he wasn't that guy. (laughs) Byron Murphy was Byron Murphy was good, but it was like, do we play him outside? Do we play him in the slot? He was good, but it's still been a while since they've had that true shutdown guy. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what kind of interest the Chiefs get. And I would imagine there'll be teams who'll be a little hesitant to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs because they are good at this. They are very good at kind of recognizing the guys they want to pay and the guys they don't, and letting the guys they don't want to pay walk. They've when you're a team and you've mastered that ability, you've really got command of kind of how the system works and Kansas City feels like they've got that kind of command. When we come back, he is their top prospect. He's one of the best prospects in baseball. So anytime you see a player like that in your system taking ground balls at a position that's not his, it kind of makes you wonder what's up. We're going to try to figure out what's up with the Diamondbacks top prospect next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know social poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, man. Let's get an update on the social media poll question of the day. Take it away. What do we ask? Let's keep up with those good vibes, shall we? Good vibes. Last day of good vibes. That's really overplaying his good vibes. Yeah, we really no, are. we're not. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> no, come on. Good vibes, Gambo. Good vibes. Okay. I, was, I was just about to upload the promo, too, and the joke at the end is we'll see how long this lasts and you saying not very. Yeah, we, we've hit the wall, we've apparently. The wall. Four. No, I'm, I'm good with it. Like, I'm, I'm, we're not going to carry this on to next week, this good vibes thing. We'll be good vibes this week. I need good vibes. My son's got his second high school baseball game today over at, uh, I think, like Red Mountain. So... Q's going to kick butt today. There's my good Let's vibes. Let's hope. Although, yeah. the, I, I don't know, but like, I'm, like I'm in Ahwatukee. Like, it's going to rain. Like, it looks like it's going to pour right now. Really? Yeah, it's cold and windy where I am. Cold and windy. If you haven't noticed, I wonder if our audience can tell when Gambo's working Well, from I'll home. tell you what. If you're 
watching the stream, we have a nice little graphic of Gambo at home. That's 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 how if you're watching the stream, you know Gambo. Do you really? Oh yeah, we have a we have a yeah. It's the same photo of you that pops up when you call it's your, me. It's your contact photo, Gambo. Yeah. And we have a little house PNG roof over it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gambo's working at home. Shout out for yeah, this. Yeah, look at that the little house. That's good. That's cool. That's right. cool. Yeah, there's certain days I have to work from home. This was one of those days. Good vibes for Q today. Uh, my, Let's go. My weather forecast is saying you're fine, that it's cloudy, but I don't see any rain. Just so. bring a jacket. We'll see. You know? yeah. You'll make it. You'll be fine. You'll be good. Good vibes only. All right. Until we don't have good vibes. Until we're anymore. out of vibes Until to be good. Up. All right, Mitch, what do you got? Check out us in uh, May. So there's 24 games left in the Suns' regular season, and Bull Bull has been a big contributor as of late, but how much longer will he be a big contributor? It's the focus of the question. How many of the remaining 24 games will Bull log at least 10 minutes? At least 10 of the games. At least 15 of the games. At least 20 of the games. Or every single of the 24 games. Not every single one. I'm going the notch below that. I think he'll get your. I think he's part of the rotation now, but I don't think like there will be games when he doesn't play. Fifteen games, fifteen games or more uh, is. I think he'll get at least ten minutes. See, it feels like he's established himself as much as anybody could. How he's played. Relatively same percentages as a couple of hours ago, but it's a close race at second and third. First place though, with you, Burnsy, saying forty-three percent, saying fifteen-ish games for ten or more minutes out of bowl. Twenty-two, twenty. 3%, let's say, going with at least 20, 20% going with at least 10, and then 13, 14, uh, we'll call them bull leavers going with all 24. Ah, I see what you did there. I yeah. see what you did there. That was clever. <laughs> uh, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, or X page, pardon me, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. All right, we talked about this a little bit ago in the show. Uh, Jordan Lawler and uh, major kudos to our guy Alex Weiner over at ArizonaSports.com because he... Uh, uh, he had this in his game notes or his game story. One of the stories about the Arizona Diamondbacks, I was reading it, and I, I kind of stumbled on it, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then I sent it to Gambo, and he's like, this is really interesting. We should talk about this. Jordan Lawler was taking grounders at second base on Tuesday. Uh, according to Alex's story, Lawler is obviously a standout athlete at short. He took some grounders during drills at second base on Tuesday. That said, according to Lavello, he will still get just about every game rep at shortstop. Notice the wording, though. He will still get just about every game rep at shortstop. The top prospect said he has not been approached about any other position as he continues to progress at short. A curious development for sure. And if he should show up in a game at any point playing any position other than shortstop, I think it goes from curious to interesting in a New York minute, Gambo. I think so, too. But I think what you're trying to do is just create, you know, and I don't think you have any ideas what you're going to do right now, but you're just trying to create versatility for yourself if you're Mike Hazen. And what I mean by that is if Perdermo struggles and and he's and he's not a quality major league player, I think he was terrific last year for them. Uh, but if something happens and he doesn't have a good year this year, you've still got Lola to be your shortstop. If Cattell Marte struggles or you get an offer you can't refuse since he's got an incredible contract that takes him to age like 35, 
you could always move that contract and then you could have Lawler play second base. So I think you're just looking at options. You've talked about you could even trade Jordan Lawler. Um, yeah, I mean, you could. So I mean, I don't think you Perdermo want to, to tell Marte are killing it and there's no room for him because he's he's blocked. You know, guys get blocked. Sometimes really good players get blocked by somebody else. Um, if you were a shortstop in the Yankees organization when Derek Jeter was, was playing, you were blocked. If you were a third baseman behind Brooks Robinson with the Orioles, you were blocked. Right. Like, it just happens that sometimes really good players get blocked and you move them for something else. That you need. Dalton Varsho got traded for Moreno. They, they had too many outfielders and they needed a catcher. So, so those things happen. And Marino was, kind, Marino was kind of blocked behind two or three catches in Toronto. That may be the case with Lola, but it also may be let's play this out and see what happens with Perdermo and with Cattell Marte and just keep our options open that he could play either second or short. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you that was something I'd been thinking about since the last time we talked about it. And I just, I just kind of want to get your off-the-cuff reaction to this. All right, so we know the Diamondbacks roster is mostly set. There are a few position battles, not many, mostly the fifth starter spot uh if you're if you're talking about 13 position players 11 of the 13 are already spoken for with your with you basically you're starting nine a backup catcher and two designated hitters you're you're, you're kind of locked into that um that basically leaves if you're going with 13 position players that leaves two spots for guys like Kevin Newman, Emmanuel Rivera, Jace Peterson, Lawler, Blaze Alexander, Paven Smith, Jake McCarthy, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think it's possible that Lawler taking grounders at second base is an indication that maybe the Diamondbacks are considering Lawler for kind of a super utility infielder kind of position provided, provided he could get enough at bats to continue his trajectory as a projected star, because Mike Hazen, and I, I'm skeptical of this, but I'm just thinking out loud here. Mike Hazen has said that Jordan Lawler needs at-bats. He, he wants a steady stream of at-bats for Jordan Lawler. And I'm just wondering if they're thinking of a way they could get Lawler enough at-bats here by playing that role for them and claiming one of those last spots, knowing they could play him at different spots in the infield if he shows that they can. You know what I mean? I know, I know what you're saying. The ultimate utility guy that, you know, you can um, kind of like what Josh Rojas was a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit like a little bit of like Josh Rojas could play, you know, a bunch of different positions. And so could you have Lola play some third, some short, some second? You could do that. I would rather see him focus on one position in the minors, getting the at bats and not having to move around a whole lot. I never like when you take a young player and you try to split him up into three. Remember what they did with Cattell Marte? You're a center fielder. No, you're a second baseman. No, you're a center fielder. No, you're like, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather him just concentrate on on one position in the minors and when it's his time, it'll be his time. I should have looked this up before I opened my mouth. I'm looking at his where he's played in the field his entire minor league career. Mm-hmm. He's played one game at third base. Everything else has been a shortstop. He's a shortstop. Everything else. Yeah. He's a, he is a shortstop. I just yeah. I it, it's I've never I've never thought of him as a third baseman. You know that. I don't think that he I don't think he projects as a third baseman. Yeah, I, I know you've said that. I, I know like Keith Law and some other evaluators have kind of like wondered would Lawler ultimately his better fit be at third base over than than shortstop but but he's played nothing but shortstop it's probably like it's probably not the right idea it's just kind of one of those i'm thinking out loud trying to figure out why they would do this because it's not like you know they've got 
a dozen backfields out there at the Diamondbacks facility. If he wanted to take grounders at shortstop and go out there with a coach who would hit him grounders, he could do that all day long. It's not like he needs it's not like he needs to take grounders at second because there's only room for him at second base. He can go wherever he wants to take grounders. So it's just it's curious as to why. And I, I it's probably not the right thought. But that was kind of the thought that popped into my head. Could they be at least looking at him as some super utility infielder type as long as he could get enough at-bats? Chances are he's going to go to the minors, and he is going to be, as long as he performs the way everybody expects, he is going to be at the ready in clay in case Geraldo Perdomo does not back up what happened last year and does not perform like he did last year. Then they might consider a change. That's probably what this is all about. Right, right. But it gives him another option at second base. And again, if he's really good at it defensively and and Marte struggles, I mean, Cattell Marte has a very tradable contract. Yeah, he does. Um, should mention the Diamondbacks today. They beat the Cleveland Guardians by a score of 8-6. to six. Lawler did play at short. He uh, had a hit in his one at bat. He walked a couple of times. Um, the big story of the day probably was, well, one, Brandon Fott made his cactus league debut gave up two runs in an inning tommy henry uh was the second pitcher in he continues to set a high bar for that race for the fifth starter spot three innings no hits no runs one walk one strikeout he has pitched very well early on in the spring pitching like a guy who knows he wants to be the fifth starter and he's not going to let anybody come get it yeah i i really liked him last year i mean he's crafty lefty Great control. Um, just really like having another lefty in the rotation. Uh, and again, like like the Mets game, the Colorado game stick out to me. There were a few others where he was just really good for six or seven innings. You're like, this kid's got the potential. I always thought that Brandon Fott was the guy they liked the most. Um, but I think Tommy Henry is right behind him. And I love, I, you know, listen, Merrill Kelly, I love him, but he's not young. <laughs> and Zach Allen, love him, but, you know, he's not in the control for much longer. Uh, if Fott and Henry can work out, I mean, who knows? In, in four years, that might be your one-two punch in your rotation is those two guys. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the grades are in for the Arizona Cardinals. And while they're not great, they were better. And that's one of the takeaways from what the NFL Players Association had to say. We'll give you some of the others next on the Burns and Gambo show.